Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Hi, my beautiful Busy Mumsies. Ash here. I hope you're fab. It's another week. It's another chat. We have a very special guest today. As many of us strive to find ways to be more environmentally conscious in our daily lives, it often feels like a balancing act, right? Especially when you're juggling family. Well, today, Kate Hall, the creator of The Full Freezer, is on today's show. I'm so excited. She's a dedicated mother of two who was determined not just to make an eco-friendly change, but to create an entire movement. After realizing the enormous environmental cost of food waste, she embarked on a mission to find sustainable storage solutions, leading to the birth of The Full Freezer Method. This just sounds awesome. I can probably go on for days about her bio and all of the amazing publications and TV shows that she's already been on, but we're just going to hear all about it. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Kate Hall, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Dun, da, da, da. We, get, we, we, we get our podcast voices on now, right? We just yeah. we get them on. We're ready to go. The kids are in school, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Both of them now as well. My youngest has just started. So, um, oh. yeah. Had a really painful two-ish weeks, three, actually almost three weeks, where um, it was phased and it was like two hours a day and then three hours a day. And it was like, oh, my God. He's been oh. in the preschool attached to the same primary school for two years like he's fine he could totally he's just fine. he's absolutely fine but I get why they do it but oh my word yeah. it's a juggle it's been a real juggle so yes yeah we we were away for a bit so Adia was out of school for two weeks so I was like being a very naughty mother and pulling the child out of school and now it's like we have to like relearn like at drop-off she's kind of like oh, no, oh, no come in don't this let go when you have too much fun, <laughs> like they love the fun. We go in the summer, we go to visit my parents. We have the last two summers and my mum is so much fun. Like she's just, she's so good at all the imaginative play and all the amazing stuff in the garden, all this and that and the other. And when we leave, my daughter just loses it just totally loses it because she it's like I can't cope without this level of attention and love and play in my life because it's like obviously you know I play with her but I also have to do the washing and get the dinner on right. and, you know you all, the, juggle all of the things like juggle all of the things yeah yeah, yeah. to always be like good good cop bad cop all of the things just wrapped up into one tiny bow that's it. Yeah. So yeah, you have you have you know that much fun. They have a nice holiday away. Like that's where yeah, getting them back into school. I can see why they don't want to go. I see you know, but they right. have to. they really have to. It's like you'll yeah. have fun in. You'll be fine. I I just hope that she maintains. So my my daughter's three, so she's like in that twos threes program, and yeah. like he right now she she does like. She talks about it. She wants to see her friends. I hope that continues. I did not like school, period. Oh like, God. like not at all. Like, I, I don't even really think my husband liked school. I don't think he, I think he and I are kind of like on par with our attendance. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> how can we get out of it? Like, how, how can I convince 
mom because dad was like already at work right so it was just kind of like mom was there i was like no i need to do this or no i need to stay home and do this and i somehow really convinced her like a lot like even to the point because i was a, i was a dance competition kid and yeah. i would be like no mom i need to rest because i have a dance competition this weekend so like i needed wednesday off from school Brilliant. to rest I, I think like, that fact that, you know, if you you could build an argument at that age that was, mm -hmm. you know, a comprehensive, reasonable justification, like yeah. I'm not I'm not just lazy, like I'm not I'm not just skiving. I'm focused. I'm, I'm so focused. I'm like, but you got to respect that. Like, I, I yeah. think you know, there is an argument to be had there. So fair play. Fair play. <laughs> I, I, I think so, too. So, you know, I, I, I should just prepare myself because I know when Adia becomes that, you know, thriving teenager, I have a feeling that um, I'm going to be dealing with the same nonsense that my mom dealt with with me. Just, just have a little hunch. Just you're prepared. It's all good. Yeah. Well, I really am so stoked to have you on the show today because what you are doing with your method, your platform, The Full Freezer is a topic that's not talked about a lot. It is something that really needs to be pushed out to the masses, which is what you are doing beautifully. And you just keep on trucking along and your, your following is growing and growing and growing and it's so exciting. So I just wanna dive in because I know you're busy, you're juggling all the plates. We Just before I hit record, we were talking about the laundry and the cooking and the this and the that and getting it all done, right? So with that said, Mama Tattoo and the founder of The Full Freezer, what was that aha moment that, oh, I want to start my own business, my own journey, my own platform that is going to really hone in on sustainability and food waste? So I have to admit, I've, I've always wanted my own business. Um, so my my dad started his business um, when my mum was actually pregnant with my brother, which was, you know, really bad timing. Um, like bad just timing. Threw all the but, cards in the air. Like, know, he's an older you got to do. It's like, it'll be fine. You know, but it was like he knew if he didn't go for it then, he wasn't ever going to do it. And so I think watching my dad grow a business um, from nothing kind of gave me that, like, oh, I like I like the sound of that. I want to do that. But for years and years and years, um, I'd sort of have little ideas, things like doing baking boxes, like subscription boxes and things, because I love baking. Um, and, you know, things around sort of, you know, kind of creative, like Etsy sort of things. But I could never hone in on something that I wanted to do enough that I would be prepared to essentially do it for free to start um, in those phases when you're trying to, uh, you know, just figure out if it's even a business and if anyone's going to buy from you and, and that whole phase. And then, like, I, I went to I went to business school, like I, I did um, a degree in business. But again, it was like all of my uh, peers were graduating and going and doing graduate programs with big companies. And it's like, none of this is me. Like, I want my own thing. Um, but I just couldn't figure, I couldn't figure out what on earth it was. Um, so I spent 10 years in kind of marketing and subscriptions and publishing. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And I'd had I'd had both my kids. I'd gone through kind of well, actually, I was in maternity leave um, with the second one. And um, I always used to batch cook like I was quite ill in my 20s and my mum introduced me to batch cook. So I was very friendly with the freezer and relied on my freezer a lot. But having that second child, it's just like I, I just don't have the bandwidth for this anymore. Like I would I would do the big shop to buy all the food and it would sit in the fridge and it would go off and I would buy takeaway. And I was like, I can't, like we, we'd literally got to that point where I think we were, we were coming up to nine months into maternity leave, which in the UK, you know, I was on statutory maternity pay. So it was like, the money is running out here. We have no more money coming in. This is it. And my husband basically said, look, you know, where we stand at the moment, um, we've made it work so far, but, if, if we can't rein it in, you need to go back to work at that nine months because we can't afford this. Um, and it was around then that I had the light bulb moment that was like, well, hang on a minute. If I can freeze a batch cooked meal that I've made, 
surely if I've bought food with good intentions and I look in the fridge and go, that pepper's not going to make it, like it's not going to make it to the point where I actually want to cook with it, surely I can just chop up that one pepper whilst the baby's sleeping and the toddler's eating a biscuit and I can freeze that. And then when I come to cook with it, it's already chopped up and frozen and I can just chuck it in the pan and cook straight, you know, straight from the freezer with it and and do that with more and more ingredients. And I started, I just started doing it in my own home and it was about six months of of doing that and and figuring out how to organise things and how to keep track of what I'd actually got um and you know how to make most of the space how do you do that you just like spreadsheets and writing this all out I started with spreadsheets I very quickly found that I never updated them um my method now like I literally I had I, I had love honesty I love your yeah. honesty I have no clue if they were updated I don't know how long it's been in there it could have been months oh god completely completely and like I I find it really funny when people chat to me about what I do because they're just like, oh, God, I could never be that organized. And it's like, no, no, no. I do this because I'm not organized. If food stays in my fridge too long, it will go off. Like if I put something back in the cupboard or back in the fridge, it will go off. With the freezer, it's a pause button. It doesn't matter that I'm not organized. And once the system's in place, it's like, well, I'm just putting it in a particular drawer. Um, But like now with my organization, and I know this is no helpful to people, this is no help to people listening. And I realize we're on a podcast, Um, but I I take photos. So I don't know if you'll be able to see there actually, but I've got it. So I I take photos of what's in the freezer in the drawers. Um, And I do it sort of once a month or or at any point where I feel like I've, I've disconnected from what I've got. Um, it doesn't take very long because I just grab a drawer, snap, 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 get the food back in the drawer. And then when I'm in the shop or if my husband's like, oh, have we got any of this? I don't have to get up and go and look in the freezer. I literally just look at my phone and look for the thing and go, oh, yeah, we've got plenty of, I don't know, mashed potato or whatever. Um, so that's that's like I, I spent the time basically of those six months kind of experimenting and and coming up with ideas like that and then it was when the pandemic struck that I was like I feel like this could be useful to people I feel like this is something I should share um and it probably took about a year and a half two years for me to actually make a sort of any proper you know income and actually be able to call it a business um but I I can definitely say now but firstly, A, that's amazing. That is amazing. Because if, with any business, I mean, I, was, I had a fitness business. And when I first started in London with it, I was teaching everywhere for free. I was just like, We're, oh, you've got a cupboard? I'll teach in it. Oh, you want me to teach in the basement? Well, sure. What time? 9 p.m. I'll be there. I don't know if anyone else will come, but I sure as hell will sign me up. <laughs> that's it and I think it, you're passionate about it it, it's, it obviously was was like that spark within you that was like this is this is me this is like where I'm going to use my education and all of the the time that I invested in that now into this yeah yeah completely and it was I, I think there's just something amazing about putting something out and even if it's slowly and gradually getting that feedback of people going this is really helpful (laughs) please keep doing it and like I because I I mean the first year I was just like I I think most people just thought I was crazy I had I did have um I had a journalist get in touch um I think it was around Christmas 2020 and she literally asked me if my friends all thought I was bonkers like if do your friends just think you're mad because you're just prepping Christmas dinner in October um (laughs) you know getting it already and it was like no I'm only prepping it in October so that I can share with people that if they want to prep it in advance they can like I'm not saying they have to but you know things like that people just thought I was nuts and then the cost of living crisis happened and all of a sudden you know people started paddle my back thank you very much not that I want to be in a a crisis no absolutely not but but that realization that I think you know we've we've shifted so much into recognizing and just you know the cost of food now is astronomical in comparison to what it was um and and people just don't trust me so I wasn't I haven't been in London for like a year 
Yeah. And I was just back for a couple of weeks and I was in shock by how expensive, I mean, it's kind of sort of, so I'm in Uganda um, and the grocery stores here are not that far behind in price. I think a lot of people would be shocked to know that, but when I went, I, the, the cost of meat, especially in the UK is like frightening. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, whoa. It's yeah. a big, whoa. And, and um, but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. There's, there's sort of, there's elements there where it's like, but I, I know I don't like, I, it's really hard because there's obviously people um, at a certain point of the scale who are literally struggling to eat and you know, we do everything we can to, to help to ensure that, you know, that changes. But the people who are in a position um, where they're just like, they're just in shock, they can still afford to buy um, food. But the the kind of the good side of it is the fact that if you've got somebody, um, and I'd include myself in this from, from a couple of years ago, if you've got somebody who would buy food in sort of on autopilot and have things, you know, have a pack of sausages that were in the bottom of the fridge and they just went out of date because I just wasn't thinking, I just didn't get round to them quick enough. Um, now, you know, isn't it, isn't it better that we're all paying more attention because we don't want to waste the money that we spent on the meat or whatever it is, but also then we're having a positive impact on the planet because we're not wasting that resource and all the resources that went into producing that food. So as much as it's, you know, it's a really hard time um, and it's really difficult and it is, you know, it's not something anyone would wish on anyone. If it's something that does make us step back and be less wasteful, then I think, you know, there, there has to be a silver lining that's sort of taken from it. And if I can help facilitate, you know, and make that easy for people, then that's that's where I kind of get the joy from what I do is just making it easy. Cause you know, we're all busy. <laughs> like we're all right. straight. Are, are you getting the feedback that this is like, like families are seeing a dynamic change with by using your method within the home? Like, are you yeah. getting that feedback now? Yeah, I mean, what's lovely, it's, I, I, I'll get messages, sort of direct messages and things um, of people saying, you know, I always used to waste this and, you know, thanks so much. I, I never waste whatever it is um, anymore. I have little moments where like even just I went to um, my son was invited to a birthday party the weekend and one of the mums came up who I'd not spoken to before. She's like, oh, I just want to say I, I follow you. Um, and now, you know, I'm actually thinking like I just would never have thought to use my freezer. Um, and, you know, there was a sort Which of conversation. You think that it's bad, right? It's like buying frozen vegetables. You think it's bad, but it's actually not. It's like, I mean, nutritionists are coming forward more and more saying like, it's at its peak, right? And then it's frozen. So it's absolutely. And And I found as well, that if people don't like the shop bought frozen vegetables, like that's absolutely fine. They do sometimes, you know, tend to store a bit more water in them. And sometimes I'd find that the way that, you know, I don't know, frozen peppers are always cut so small. It's like, no, I want, I want my peppers a lot chunkier. Um, So knowing that it's like, well, actually I can prep something and freeze it how I want to cook with it um, makes a big difference. So trying it out at home is is huge. Um, But I I think the biggest thing for me has been where I've had people get in touch, particularly um, people that live on their own. So like there's a there's a mum in my free Facebook group who's a single mum. She's got a daughter and um, she said, you know, she she's a bit of a foodie. She she loves, you know, different dishes. She loves cooking. But she basically ended up in that circle of like, well, I've got to have chicken nuggets and chips, basically, because it's what you know, it's what the kid will eat. Um, and what's the point in me buying feta and prawns and this and that and the other because my you know my daughter's not going to eat it and I'm just going to end up wasting it and I can't afford to be wasting food and every so often she'll put a post in the group sharing things that she's made um, that she can now justify buying and, and enjoying because she doesn't waste any of it because she makes some she eats it she enjoys it she freezes the leftovers and she can either make the same meal another day or she can make something totally different based on what she's craving um and that to me is like the thing that just it gives me goosebumps like that's you know i i, I wouldn't need anyone to pay me 
anything to to carry on doing what I'm doing if it if it it, it helps you know people to actually yeah. be able to enjoy their food particularly if they're in a in a difficult situation where they just can't afford to waste um and you know if it makes them feel better as well knowing that they're not wasting and that they're doing you know they're saving money but they're also doing something good for the environment it's like well it's just yeah an absolute win kind of all around for me really that's a massive win so for myself who needs to put on her her training wheels in this in this department (laughs) yeah uh, baby steps what are what are some like you know tips for the first timer to get into really utilizing the freezer yeah so i mean the the biggest thing I would say um, is is like the baby step stuff. So things like if you use pesto or like curry paste or anything like that, those jars that end up in the fridge and always end up growing mold, just getting an ice cube tray and decanting back. <laughs> we've all done it. <laughs> like We've all done it. Tomato puree that's been in the fridge for like four months and you're kind of like, well, it might be all right. <laughs> It's like multiple friends now. It's like growing a community. It's amazing. <laughs> it's magical. And I, I find that a lot of us, you know, we'll leave food, you know, we leave the food in the fridge until it's literally like ready to walk out by itself because then it doesn't feel as bad when we throw it away. It's like, well, it's not food anyway, really, is it? Right. Um, it's fine. But yeah, I'd say, you know, starting with little things like that. And once they're frozen, you know, they can go into a freezer bag so you can use the ice cube tray for something else. So that's that's a really simple thing, because obviously as well, then it's in portion sizes. So if you just need a cube or two of pesto to add to the pasta, particularly with little kids, um, you know, that's a really, really easy win. Um, that's a fantastic win. <laughs> never, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we have those tiny little ice cube trays in our yeah. refrigerator. And, and literally, like, I do, I'll do pesto pasta for my daughter. And, um, yeah, I just get one cube out. I cook the pasta. I leave a little bit of the pasta water in the bottom of the pan, take the pasta out, drop the pesto in, push it around until it's hot through, add the pasta back in. And, yeah, jobs are good. So it's, it, it's, it's, you know, just so much quicker as well. If you wanted to, you could also cook extra pasta and freeze the pasta so that it's already cooked and you just have to heat it through. I'm the worst with pasta. I, I cook way too much. I Well, A, I cook with very big eyes. My eyes are bigger <laughs> than my stomach a lot of the time. So I cook with very big eyes. I'm like, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can freeze the pasta. Um, it is better if you can take some out before it's kind of fully cooked so that you don't overcook it when you reheat it. But like it's not an issue from a safety perspective. It obviously just affects the texture. Um, But the key thing is to do um, what I refer to as open freezing. Some people call it flash freezing. Um, And that's basically where you get a a flat tray. So it could be, um, I've I've got specific trays, but it could be a baking tray. It could be a Tupperware lid, like whatever. You did this with coconut milk or something on your Instagram. Yeah, so that's, yeah, and that's, like, I refer to that as flat freezing, because if it's a wet okay. product, you can put it in a in a freezer bag, and it will, like, it'll freeze, and then it'll be flat, and you can kind of make a little stack, um, but anything that's kind of solid things, so, like, pasta, or if you have some berries, um, or if you chopped up some vegetables, like some carrot or something, usually you kind of want to blanch some of the vegetables, which is putting it in boiling water, and then cold water but a lot of them like some things like um spring onions salad onions you can literally just wash chop up stick on a tray um and so those bulky things if you freeze them open on a tray spread out before you put them in a freezer bag then they will freeze individually so they'll freeze faster so the quality will be better um but also it stops them all clumping together so you're not having to like whack the bag on the counter to just get out as much as you need um so again the the food will be less damaged um and and retain its quality better and that can just be cooked with straight from frozen so like i find the biggest mistake people make when they start using their freezers is thinking they have to defrost everything the only thing i defrost is meat and usually i either will defrost it in the microwave and cook it immediately or if it's frozen flat, so like if I had some um, minced meat and I froze it flat in, in a portion that I needed, to, you know, that was the right amount to use, um, then I just pop it in a dish of cold water and I just change the water every 30 minutes. But like the portion sizes, I usually freeze sort of 100, 150 grams of meat um, 
because I'll, I'll split up the pack so I can buy a big pack and it'll make a lot of meals and I just bulk the meals out with veg instead or with lentils um and yeah that that will defrost in 30 40 minutes like and it's it's defrosted enough that it can go into the pan it can be broken up um so yeah I think kind of they're they're sort of main things but uh, above that is actually kind of tackling your freezer first so before you start freezing little bits and pieces um, see what's growing in there first yeah yeah like I, I i do find i've done a couple um of times i've, I've gone around to people's houses and, and cleared out their freezers for them um and i've done a i, I do a, a freezer clear down challenge so i've actually i'll Can you I'll, come to uganda <laughs> you pay for the flights like i am there <laughs> 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 break. um but it's it, it, it's so satisfying and like I do I do freezer clear down challenges twice a year so prior to Christmas around October I do one and in the spring usually in March um, I do one and it's totally free and basically just takes people through like that process of how I organize things so that you're going to be able to find the food um, that whole process of like taking the photos and having your inventory and then making a plan to eat down what you've got so that when you start to freeze things you've got you've got a system like you don't have to have totally cleared out the freezer but I think the thing of kind of having foods grouped together with similar foods um and and just knowing that you're going to use it like it's it's a real mindset too if you like have a really cleaned out and organized pantry like you you're like you're on it yeah yeah, and yeah, it's, so, it's such a satisfying feeling. Like, no one wants to do it. It's a bit, you know, it, it's one yeah. of those things. It's a bit like going for a jog. Like, no one wants to do it, but once you've done it, you feel great. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I, I forced myself to go to the gym this morning. I did not want to do it. Like, I I made all sorts of excuses. I even sat down on the ground and, like, played with the dog and was like, <laughs> this is way more enjoyable than going downstairs to do a workout. Yeah, yeah. And I say that as if I work out. I really don't. I should work out more. But if someone, if you could, if you could, you know, motivate me to uh, to do some exercise, I will happily motivate you to sort out your freezer. We can trade. Right. Trade game skills. on. <laughs> so balancing motherhood and now your business, your business that is growing and growing, it's yeah. getting bigger. How are you finding your footing now? Mm, I. I'm finding, I mean, it's getting better. It's getting easier. Um, I found it really hard in the early days, I'll admit, because especially because it was lockdown. So like my husband was working from home. I'd got the two small kids. Um, like now they're in school and I've got a slightly longer, like some days they do clubs and things. So I've got a slightly longer day. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me has actually just been having patience um and accepting that it doesn't all have to happen overnight like that I've, i remember speaking to another mum whose kids when uh when my son and her daughter were, were in nursery together um her her youngest was the same um Oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> her, no, it was her daughter. Sorry, her daughter and my daughter, who's my oldest. So her youngest and my oldest were in nursery together. So she was like where I am now um, or just well, I'm just beyond that. And I remember her just saying to me, like, you're in a phase. You're in a chapter where you can only do what you can do. The kids really, really need you and they're going to carry on needing you, but it's going to change and you're going to get your independence. Um, and that realization that it was like okay actually take a deep breath just do what you can do don't burn yourself out like there were some nights where I'd work till midnight and you know I'd be stressed out and then I think as as it started to gain more traction um, and as I started to learn the skills because everything's kind of self-taught like I, I think you know I went to business school but they never taught me about how to grow an Instagram account <laughs> you know it was pre-Instagram um and so I think you know that acceptance that like in the early days there's so much to learn and now thing those things are sort of internalized so now for me it's much more about um I think getting outwards and having you know having more conversations with people and um I think just connecting more and more with the people that are 
interested in you know in using their freezers in this way um and and really kind of reaching out and and just making sure that what I'm doing is as useful as possible to people and I mean I I did this recently on my Instagram of just saying like what do you guys want like tell me what you want and I will create that and in the past I didn't feel I could do that because I didn't feel I could um necessarily carry through and actually provide what people wanted whereas yeah with the kids at school it's a little bit more more feasible now so it takes a bit of time (laughs) Right, but but confidence has obviously, you know, kicked up a few notches for you in yourself, like that trust and that confidence in yourself. How has that then changed just in your parenting styles? Because I feel like when you become, when you find your footing again, because like, let's be real, having a child, it takes quite some time to, I I don't understand how people just bounce back. I mean, good on you if you can, but I was not a success story of a bounce back situation. Um, I am still a work in progress. Thank you very much. And so like how, like from, you know, from having your second child to where you are now building this business, how has your parenting, you you as a mother, how have you changed in your relationship with the kids, but also with yourself? I think I've definitely um, relaxed a lot, but also become more organized. So I would I would say that like my so my daughter's in year three now. So she's just gone into junior school. And I would say her early years of um, being in school, I was the um, the total mess mum. Like I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what activities were even available to her. If I'm if I'm honest, like, you know, you've got those parents who are totally on it um and know exactly what's happening and and you know they are um yeah just I don't know doing all the activities I feel like I completely muddled through those early years like there was probably far too much screen time um and far too much um you know like getting there were things where I I feel that I did manage well so things like getting the kids to like help with cooking or cleaning (laughs) or things like that that actually you know it's like well it's not as fun as necessarily I don't know going and playing football in the park but actually it's really helpful to me um and it's a good life skill for them even you know even if you're three like helping to mop the floor is is fun like it's interesting um they're less enthusiastic although my daughter did help to organize my kitchen drawer last night which I thought was delightful she doesn't want to go to bed so she'll do anything to avoid going to bed she's like mummy this drawer's a bit of a mess can I tidy it up yeah go for it kid absolutely Um, I think the one underneath it needs a little looking at too (laughs) totally totally she did the Tupperware like the Tupperware cupboard the other day it was brilliant um so I think the 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 main thing to me is um that I've I've become more organized so I know I feel more in control of like what's going on with them when the clubs are when what lunches or what days things like that which has then freed up my mental capacity to be a bit more um connected I think with with them um I've worked really hard as well on trying to understand and connect with where they're coming from so when there's a meltdown or you know something's really stressing them out because my my daughter um gets quite emotional about things and sitting you know it used to be kind of the um, you know, we'd have the knee-jerk reaction of like, oh, come on, just really a tantrum right now? We're trying to leave the house. Like, we just want to put your shoes on. Can we just go? And, you know, I'd, I'd get really impatient. And now I feel like, um, you know, don't get me wrong, sometimes I still get really stressed out. Um, but I feel like I'm far more capable now of kind of getting down to their level and trying to understand where's this coming from like what's what's this all about um and trying to teach them the tools um to 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 work away from those things so my my daughter had a had a real meltdown um about a week and a half two weeks ago and it seemed to stem from like a tie that she didn't she didn't want to wear the the proper tie she wanted to wear an elastic tie and she didn't like the feel of it and then she didn't like the feel of her socks and there's some you know, questions there of, um, you know, the sort of sensory issues and everything. But she got so in her own head, she, she just couldn't come back from it. So we just had to ride it out. Luckily, we had the time to do that. But then 
afterwards it was the sitting down with her and going okay you know I'm not having a go at you but we need to between us figure out how we're going to avoid this and and you know it's not to say you can't feel the emotions but like she you know she was lashing out at her brother and and getting quite physical and it's like we it's fine for you to feel those emotions but we need to find a way for you to feel them in a safe space um and to feel like you're being heard but right. without without the lashing out um and that that felt like quite a big growth thing for me <laughs> like to actually step back Massively, and- that because it it's not just the child that's like real it's you too like that's like on your shoulders and you will go to bed thinking about that and you will wake up looking at her I, I, you literally are describing my daughter and her meltdowns as well um i honestly like the, our our daughters are like two peas in a pot um in the freezer um <laughs> but you know it but it's it's so wild to experience that because my what I can remember my parents did not parent the way that I parent no no like not at all and I mean I got a bar of soap in the mouth sit in the corner like yeah I'm from I'm from that generation um (laughs) so you know talking to a three-year-old about their emotions, I am sitting and I am doing it. And let me tell you, and I, um, we, I, I've, I have um, Celestia Vaughn on the, on the podcast and she just wrote a book about, it's, um, it's not about the wine. And she talks a lot about the wine culture and, and the, the mommy wine culture about grabbing the drink. Yeah. And like, when I left that podcast recording with her, I was like, wow, like there are some days where I go after we've had this meltdown and I've got her calm and I've gotten her into bed. And I'm like, where's that glass of wine? I just need, yeah, I just need something just to take the edge off. Yeah. Something to take the edge off. And it having that conversation with her, though, has really, like, opened my eyes to, like, no, how do I now mm-hmm. take care of myself? Because I need to take care of myself. Because this these types of tantrums, we have to sort out. Like you said, Kate, like, we, we try to sort it out. We have to figure out how, where it comes from. And then... How do I sort it out for myself and yeah. give myself a clear picture, give myself grace so that I don't just live feeling sunken in it with, with wine? Yeah. Oh, completely. Because I think that it's so it's so easy to kind of fall in into that trap. And like, again, I've been there like the pandemic. It was a gin and tonic. It was like, how early can I have the gin and tonic to just get through? Well, like, it's five yeah. o'clock in somewhere in America. It's like it'll be fine, and and it you know it, I think we we do um, need sometimes sort of that you know a pick me up of some sort, but it right. is a it is a dangerous route to sort of slip into, and I think the yeah the thing for me I mean I've I've just started I sort of joke about the exercise regime I've just started um, to try and do more for myself, which I find very difficult because of my my previous health issues. Like I had blood clots in my shoulders and the first one happened after I had a gym induction and I'd started swimming. So exercise for me is is quite a, a, a trigger point sort of unnerving thing. But like I know I need to get fitter so that I can run around with the kids so that I can do more and move more freely. And I think the, you know, the best, um, the best advice I've ever been given when it came to parenting um, was kind of to do with like, filling filling their cup first so um doing something you know one-on-one with one child for like 10-15 minutes a day of like what do you want to do we will do what you want to do whatever it is within reason for 10-15 minutes um and and just really giving them that like really focused attention and then I found that sort of the knock-on like if they feel like their cup's been filled they are calmer and they're less likely to come and mummy mummy wait which doesn't always work to be fair you know and I think it just depend on how old they are as well um right. like little ones are always gonna be mummy 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 um but but certainly as my daughter's got older I think that thing of sitting and really listening to her and not having my phone out um and I have to you know I have to like remind my husband that it's like just 
just set the phone aside like it doesn't matter for that period of time let's just focus because I think you know my daughter is someone that would keep coming she just keeps coming downstairs it's like oh can I just have this or can I just have or can I just and if I've if I've covered all the bases before I leave her to settle like she might still come down once but if she really feels like she's been listened to if she really feels like you know her her needs have been cared for she's a lot less likely <laughs> um so that yeah I, I think I'm definitely more patient than, than I was um and I think balancing the kids with the business is a lot easier now because um they they still need me but they need me in different ways um and I have those hours of the day where it's like no this is business time and I'm gonna get this done um and I just feel very lucky to be able to do something that you know the, I, I enjoy my work like I think that that was probably the hardest thing when they were really little was like work was more fun <laughs> than, than looking after the little ones because they just needed so much all the time and and it wasn't the thing of you know like I, I was absolutely fine with that but at the same time there were times when it felt like you know I just wanted my husband to be able to do this and do that and and it is that switch that now they're a bit older he can just take the kids like both both my kids were breastfed and wouldn't take bottles so it was like those early years were really really intense oh, yeah. Um, but yeah it was it was all all me um and I I think you know accepting that like everything's a phase and and it's I mean it's like you're saying about you know starting to freeze things it's like baby steps you just have to it's like that conquering just what's the one thing that I'm going to do um I'm not going to be able to do everything I want to do and like I always thought I'd be like one of those Pinterest mums where it's like oh yeah today I've made like whilst they were napping I made this scene out of animals and they're going to come out and they're going to play this game and they're going to you know and we're going to do a water fight in the garden and we're going to create pictures and it was like yeah you know we did play-doh we played games but I never felt like I was quite the you know the parent that I perhaps aspired to be but you know the kids are all good they know they're loved they know they're fed they're cared for um and I I find a great deal of pride like I love the thing of building a business alongside having small kids and, and being seeing you do that by the way how incredible is that they're seeing your their mother create a business and help others which yeah. like you know a lot of people go into business and it's always just money 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 right it's like to create a business that's just about helping first to yeah. really help other busy folk or folks that are really financially strapped that really need to understand hone in on the brakes and like you know reorganize the kitchen to help save money i mean you you are helping and that is such a wonderful, joyous thing for your children to witness. How how is it for you teaching them about sustainability, about food waste, about you know being a bit more organized? Are you finding that they are? I mean, you did mention that she will tidy up the you know the drawer, but like, are are they understanding what is happening within the fridge? Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, that's not to say that there isn't, you know, there's definitely food waste in our house when it comes to the kids. Um, like they are a nightmare for that thing of going like, you know, you go, how hungry are you? How much food should I put on? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm really hungry. And then of course they eat three bites of something and go, oh, I'm full. And Really? <laughs> like I am like a dustbin. Like Addie had, like did not eat all of her breakfast this morning. So I ate it. And that's then it's like, it's, you know, like I just eat whatever is left. Yeah, that's, that's where I struggle because I'm gluten-free and the kids aren't. So I'll look at the bowl of porridge or something. It's like, well, it's not gluten-free porridge because I'm not I'm not about to make gluten-free porridge for them because it costs more than my mortgage. Um, but it's, you know, that is the thing that it's like sweeping up their dinner is difficult. Sometimes, you know, we'll eat together on weekends and things, but we tend to have, they tend to have an earlier dinner time because when my husband gets home from work. Um and yeah, I struggle with with sweeping up their leftovers. I save the leftovers and I'll reheat things that can be reheated. Um, but yeah, they're they are they're they're conscious of what I'm doing. My my eldest is far more 
interested and invested and and likes to help with things so if I'm cutting things up for the freezer you know she's got her little safety knife and stuff um and my my son does actually have like he's got a safety peeler so he was peeling some carrots for me the other day um which is very sweet it is really hard <laughs> just, as quite you know a bit of a perfectionist I'm wanting to do things quickly like it does take a certain right. I'm out stepping back and going like it looks somebody has just absolutely butchered that carrot <laughs> like it's um it's not the most perfect looking food but you know life skills and all that it's like oh yes darling here you go <laughs> that's fabulous um so it's yeah it's nice they they do like to get involved in in getting things into the freezer and they love you know there there are certain things that we'll make so one of my favorites is um if you've got a bunch of bananas that are going bad literally just peeling them, chopping them in slices, freezing them flat on a tray, on a, a lined tray, so it doesn't all stick to the tray. Um, and then I store those in a bag. And whenever they're like, oh, what can we have for pudding? Well, I want pudding, I want pudding. Grab a couple of handfuls of bananas, pop them in the um, blender, and just like three or four minutes, it has to be scraped down a couple of times. Um, but that just whizzes into banana ice cream. And like, that is something they love helping with. That's something, and that you know, it's like they know that they're just eating bananas, but they're getting ice cream for pudding, and I'll put some sprinkles on it, and you know, they—that's the kind of thing that really gets their imaginations, and um, you know, things like making smoothies. They just—they love the the blender and the food processor, um, and being able to put things in and and watch it whiz around and everything. Um, so I'm I'm quite hopeful that like I've instilled in them you know, the knowledge that they can freeze pretty much everything as they get older and, and, you know, when they get to the point where they might be popping home for lunch to to make lunch or something, they can grab bits out of the freezer um, or when they go off, you know, if they go to university or if they get their first flat. Like, I love the thought that they'll know how to to put things together and how to make that food last longer um, and also have some love there for cooking because I think that is something that I've I've seen a lot of that, you know we just became very detached like we've become very separated from cooking and you know I'd be lying if I said that I don't ever use convenience meals and things like that sometimes we all need that kind of um you know that flexibility I think more than anything and speed um but knowing that you can kind of save those raw ingredients and then cook with them quickly to me is is something that yeah if if the kids can grow up knowing that and I know that they can get bit of veg in their diet or a bit of fruit in their diet or whatever without any waste um then that's that's a real win for me like I just yeah love it well as your platform continues to grow what do you see evolving for the full freezer oh um I think I mean I have I have real sort of hopes and and dreams um whether or not they happen <laughs> i have no idea um but i've done i've done a okay little- you've gotten this far girlfriend i'm cheering you on it can come on yeah i mean i'd i'd love to do um more radio and tv um and and sort of sharing of of tips and advice um i love you know i love writing and and putting advice out there as much as possible um i actually one of my biggest aspirations which um i it, it, we started at, again it was started um sort of towards the end of the lockdown um was actually like a children's book so i love the thought of a children's book, which the the structure of it, me and my daughter came up with the characters and everything, um, but it needs to be sort of actually, like we've got the story, but we've not written the text. Um, and, you know, I'd need to find someone to do pictures and everything. But I love the thought of a, a book that introduces the concept of freezing to kids so that they can then go home to mum and dad and go, mummy, you can freeze that banana. Mummy, you can make ice cream out of that frozen banana. And, you know, that thing of like getting little kids into thinking about food waste and into thinking of the freezer as just a normal thing that you use and trying to get rid of this stigma that goes with it. Because so many people do feel like, oh, well, it's it's second rate food. It's not going to be as good for me or it's not going to taste as good. And it's just not true. Like, if if you know how to cook with it, there are so many meals we cook where you just wouldn't know that the ingredients had been frozen. Like, you can't you can't tell if 
the garlic was frozen in a chili <laughs> like it's not going to make a difference so though that thing of of yeah getting little kids into it um i i would love to do at some point um so, okay yeah. so i'm gonna say this hey i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out there so next year 2024 at christmas time i want to be sitting on the couch with my daughter re reading this book to her oh okay okay i like that going okay so christmas time 2024 you are going to you and your daughter are going to be launching your book we're going to okay. put that out there i am going to be nestled up on my couch in uganda <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, I thought maybe we, we would be back in London by then, but I don't think we will be. So I'll be <laughs> nestled up on that couch in Uganda and I'm going to be opening up this book and we're going to go back to this podcast where we have this exact conversation and we're going to go, mm -hmm. yep, here we are. Here it we can, are. And you know what? Like, I love, I love the fact that it's like that, that doesn't feel like impossible. And it's and, not. And to it's be able, not. yeah, to be able to, to show my kids and your daughter uh you know that that you can have a you can have a dream you can have a thought um and actually like you people can do anything nowadays i think there's so much stress and pressure over exam results and you know education and and you know yes school very important have to get the you know the building blocks in place um but that realization that actually the world is so open now and yeah. Literally, if you can dream it, you can you can do it. So I'll I'll do my best. Twenty twenty four. Okay. It's on my to do list. Right. <laughs> put it at the top. Put it at the top. Well, Kate Hall, thank you so much for your time. I honestly could like just talk to you for the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, thank you for your time, your words of wisdom. The full freezer is epic for the busy mumsy listener. Please go to the show notes. You can click. Um, it's all in there. You can head to see everything about Kate Hall and her amazing business that's going to continue to grow and next year there will be a book <laughs> i'll get books to the children of the yeah children of the world lovely thank you so much ashley it's been an absolute pleasure thanks so much for listening to this week's show did you like it adia yes oh the enthusiasm i love it Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.